When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Live from the Whiskey 61 Lounge inside the Bank Plus Studio. You are listening to Mississippi's number one sports talk show, The Out of Bounds Show with Bo Bounds. Streaming worldwide live on the Out of Bounds radio app and on your radio at ESPN 105.9. The Soul. Uh, questions even from Ole Miss fans on the Ag Up Equipment text line, Jason, as far as Lane Train. Uh, you know, People ask him, well, is he a candidate? Well, sure he is for A&M. But I don't know where he is. I don't know where Jeff Brom is. Mike Norvell. I don't know if they've already had Urban Meyer say no. I would think so. Uh, Dabo's not going to leave. He owns Clemson. You know? So, and it's path of least resistance, baby. Um, And his wife's just, that's that's just going to be a hell to the no. Out of bounds, 105.9 The Zone ESPN. Woo! Brought to you by Kessler Prime and the Renaissance. Let's do a rack of lamb, side of scallops. Pair. Oh, they've got Patron Extra Añejo. Patron Extra Añejo. Ooh. Yeah, aged over three years. It's delicious. Big rock, orange, or no orange. Perfect with a rack of lamb or a ribeye. That's a good pairing right there with the uh, uh, flavor profile of Patron Extra Añejo and a bone-in ribeye. Hmm. Jason's going to cook me a bone-in ribeye next week. I'm looking oh. forward to it. I'll probably have to pay for it, but uh, <laughs> he can he can cook it. You know, Blake never cooked for me. Really? Not once? And he always talked about making his own butter and everything? Not it, one time. Wow. I know. He did bring me some of the butter. It okay. It was divine. Really? Dude, it was another level. Do you make butter like that? I do not. No. <laughs> it was fabulous. I mean, really, really good. We are the Out of Bounds Show. Our caller line this week, our beer of the week, Thanksgiving. I mean, this is a perfect pairing. Turkey, ham, anything on the grill. Some homemade dressings like uh, Jason was talking about. Uh, maybe a little tomato as- uh, aspect. Um, Stella Artois. It's a great beer. Great beer. And it looks like Christmas, right? And Chuck Mullins made us have a beer in studio Friday morning. Forced. Forced yeah. you. <laughs> so the Stella Artois caller line is 601-707-3750. Twitter handle at Bow Bounds. And shoot us a text. Where are you? What's your favorite Thanksgiving food? And who should Mississippi State hire? Among other things. 601, the text line, 601-885-3776. Could Lane leave? Of course he could. He tried to get 19 jobs two years ago. He just couldn't find anybody to hire him. Um, I think that's starting to wear off. ADs didn't want, you know, I think people realize now he has grown up. He has turned into an excellent head coach. And he can run it A to Z. They wanted to really see if he could. And he has proven that he he was humbled 
when you're fired on the tarmac, that's rough, dude. You don't even get to take the bus back. Yeah, geez. So it's Southern Cal. They flew back from Arizona State, Jason, and they fired him, and he went through a tough time. Had to go to Alabama and get yelled at every day by Nick Saban. And, boy, they didn't believe in the same schedule or philosophy. But Lane was good, and Saban's good, and Saban needed him. And then he goes to Florida Atlantic. Still, athletic directors aren't sold, but one was Arkansas. And Keith Carter had sniffed around. Matt Campbell wasn't going to come from Iowa State. There were some others. And Keith Carter made one hell of a foot up there with Cheryl. Mullen, Breeze. Lane train, baby. And he rolling. And he's going to the citrus, citrus, or maybe you said the cotton? Yeah, maybe the cotton if Missouri can lose to Arkansas. Got which, it. <laughs> uh, we'll see. Okay. Because Missouri, I mean, Arkansas lost to Auburn bad, and then Auburn just lost to New Mexico State. I know that that doesn't matter, the whole this person beat that person, that sort of thing, but it's not looking too good for the Razorbacks against the Tigers. <laughs> It's not, but you don't ever know on a game like that. I mean, I think Missouri is good. They're they're trying to get to all these teams are trying to get to the finish line. You can tell that over the weekend. Yeah, right. They're limping. Everybody's hurt. The physicality of our league is second to none, and the West is far far superior to the East. Uh, that's why it's going to be a rude awakening for everybody in the East, including Georgia, but at a higher level to Florida. South Carolina, Tennessee, Kentucky, and Missouri. Vanderbilt doesn't count. So, I mean, it is. what We are now doing away with divisions after this weekend. And it's going to be a rude awakening. Our two teams, Ole Miss and Mississippi State, two of the toughest teams in the country. That's tough to quantify, but there is something to it. Okay? It is an intangible that is, as y'all know, very important. Y- y'all know this. There are some NFL teams that are tough. As- the Steelers are tough. Yeah. Okay, and then there are some NFL teams like the Chargers, who I love. I-, I grew up loving the Chargers, love Dan Fouts. I mean, I'm I'm watching Justin Herbert yesterday. His wide receiver drops a touchdown pass oh. right in the, in the bucket. In the NFL, you don't drop that pass. College, no. you see it. High school, you see it. NFL, you're paid to perform. You do not drop that pass. My point is this. There are some teams that are tough in the NFL. Year in, year out. Mississippi State and Ole Miss are arguably two of the the two toughest or two of the toughest in the country because of what they have to endure every single year in the West. Now that's over after this weekend. Everybody's just a big melting pot of gumbo. Going to rotate through everybody. Mark Stoops' run is over. And congratu- Mitch Barnhart's a, a good AD for AD standards. And, and Mitch Hart, Barnhart bid against himself to pay Mark Stoops $9 million a year. Since then, he's 7 and 8. And he hadn't even gotten into where they do away with the divisions. He's been living on Vandy and a down Florida. South Carolina. South Carolina. Missouri until this year, down. And did I say Vandy? Yeah, and Tennessee <laughs> yeah. was down for 15 years. Okay? So it's going to be a whole new day for South Carolina and Shane Beamer, Mark Stoops in Kentucky, and uh, 
even Drinkwitz and Florida, and even Kirby. This could be a it could be a half a loss swing as we mesh and melting pot together between the East and the West, or West and the East. We're the power. Um, you know, we're we're the West is the United States. The East is uh, I. I don't know. Puerto Rico is a territory. Thank so. you. <laughs> yeah. All right. So go ahead. Oh, I just wanted to ask you Canada. because we talked about this last week and how, you know, SEC coach of the year names. You got Lane in there, uh, Drinkwitz in there, obviously Kirby and, and Saban. Which is more impressive? Uh, I wonder, do you think it's more impressive that Drinkwitz could take Missouri and go 10-2 and this season? But you just talked about how bad the East is. So is it more impressive if Lane Kiffin can take Ole Miss and go 10-2 and two in the West. It's more impressive with Lane Kiffin. Now, the flip side of that is Ole Miss is surrounded by better players right. than Missouri six hours north of Oxford. So I do, I'll factor that in, but the West is so much more difficult. Uh, well, Lane got Vandy too. It's closer than I maybe I would think. They're both, I mean, I don't want to, I don't have to, you know, look down at one to, to prop up the other. Right, yeah. But but Lane's is, is slightly more impressive. Because there's just there's people saying that they're they're mentioning Drinkwitz and then they're not putting Kiffin in the conversation. For what? For SEC Coach of the uh, Year. Lane Kiffin should be SEC Coach of the Year. Or they should both be. They both did a yeah, magnificent Co. job. They're <laughs> the only two that should be it's not Saban Smart. That's great. They're 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 the number one and number two recruiters in the country. It's Lane Kiffin or Drinkwitz. That's it. And they should both be up for National Coach of the Year honors. Wow. When you win 10 in Oxford or Columbia, it's a big damn deal. The Out of Bounds Show is brought to you by Dr. Kurt Jeffries. Eye care professionals. If you need cataract surgery, you want to go to Eye Care Professionals and Dr. Kurt Jeffries. Tom Luganville's texting me. He's like ready to rock and roll. He's got some... He's got some thoughts on his mind. Back in a second. Uh, good morning. Welcome in. How much football did you watch this weekend? How much football did you watch Saturday and Sunday? College football, SEC, or other games? I watched a bunch of other games. I watched some Michigan-Maryland uh, friends kind enough to uh, invite us to their box. I watched some Michigan-Maryland. Um, had Ole Miss La Monroe on in the box. Mississippi State and Southern Miss out on the field. Um, I'm sorry. I, I need to apologize to Will Rogers for his receivers. Um, should have gone out with another 350-yard day and um, drop, 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 drop. Nine drops. Nine drops. These were, I mean, beautiful throws. To come back after being on that, and he's still hurt, to come and, you you know, you saw him kind of, I mean, he was on target. And nine drops. Um, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Thursday night. Battle for the Golden Egg, Davis Wade Stadium. Lane Kiffin versus Greg Knox. That sounds weird. (laughs) I I hadn't even said that out loud or 
thought about that. Lane Kiffin versus Greg Knox in the battle for the golden egg in Starkville. Uh, Jason, I was looking at the weather, and um, it looks like, you know, we've had some bad, wet, last year wasn't good weather either. Thursday is 50% chance of storms in Starkville. Ooh. So showers likely mainly in the evening. Could miss, could not. You know, last year it, it was some of that and uh, a little chilly. We've had the plenty of those as far as, had some pretty ones, but had plenty of those as far as the golden egg. Uh, will Mississippi State people show up, I think, for the most part? I was actually surprised at the crowd on Saturday uh, considering how bad, you know, you're, you're not a good football team and you haven't had a lot to cheer for this year. Um, I, I was I was surprised at the attendance. 11 a.m. game, people can find other things to do. Um, I thought it was pretty damn well attended for your second interim coach in 12 months and a team that's just not exciting to uh, to watch and needs a, a reboot talent-wise. You're still kind of reeling from Moorhead, and then uh, the people that Leach had running recruiting was a disaster. And it's, you know, rents do, and rents always do in life regardless of what, what you do, you know, weight, health, uh, wealth, job, accountability, discipline, rent, you know, how, how do you take care of yourself? Uh, rent's always, always going to be due eventually, uh, as it should be. We are the Out of Bounds Show, 105.9 The Zone ESPN. We're driven by your next Ford F-150 at Mack Hike Ford, I-55 North in Jackson. They have the number one selection of Ford F-150s in the state, pre-owned and new. Mack Hike Ford, I-55 North in Jackson. Mack Hike Ford, I-55 North in Jackson. So, we're going to have Steve Robertson coming up next. He can weigh in on the coaching search and kind of this last part. I think by next Monday or Tuesday, they'll have a coach in Starkville. I think Selman's going to try to move it light speed uh, to get somebody in. And uh, they've been in the throes of this for a while. Still, still got to have some things shake out this weekend, though. Yeah, yeah. People have to play this thing out all the way through Saturday night. You know, Sunday morning, busy, busy, busy. Um, the jet may have already been in the air meeting people off campus, but uh, um, wheels up. Um, and, but the one thing you don't want to do that some have done, you don't want to overthink it. Don't want to make a Joe Moorhead hire. Um. You had a lot of people who wanted that job. You went and hired an offensive coordinator from Penn State who had two years Power 5 experience. I mean, also, you did have... I like seeing the amount of energy that Greg Knox brought. He, he kind of has that Cadillac effect. You know, get the team rallied around. Yeah. Rolling the, rolling the four-wheeler into the locker room. So, keeping him on and then getting somebody who can staff well... That could be... Oh, I would keep Greg Knox, but I have no idea. That That's not like the main thing. Oh, well, yeah. Uh, the main thing is you need to you, you need to find a sitting head coach, preferably. Um, I, states kind of work themselves in a corner, fandom-wise. Uh, I'm sure there are several coordinators that could take the job and do a fantastic job. Uh, somebody asked about Rhett Lashley. Um, yeah, I mean, I think he's low tier one, high tier two. Where's Petrino? Low tier one, high tier two. Same spot? No. 
Because he has. No, nah, I'm gonna put I'm gonna put Petrino in tier one. I mean, because he has all the things that you were talking about earlier. He's been able to win close games in the SEC, build a program. Yeah. No, I look. He's he hadn't done it in a while, but there's risk with everybody. So I, I think he's got a pretty damn high floor. Don't you? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you have to with what he's done and you know, maybe now he's on his best behavior. Age is a little, I think, well, I don't even think, yeah, he's fine. I, to say that I'm not worried about the motorcycle event uh, or whatever, whatever went down, I, I don't, I don't, whatever. Um, <laughs> you know, but that's a great question, Jason. Is Petrino in the unicorn list low or is he in tier one? I don't think he's unicorn. Mal's not, Mullen's not. You know, he he ate with some people last week and said he's not coming back. Now, this is this could change at any time. All of this, you never know what a man or a woman's going to do. They could they could say I'm doing this today. Wake up tomorrow and say, you know what, I really want to do this. Uh, it happens every day, millions if not billions of times around the around the world. Right? We just want our sports to be very fit in a box. Of course. Uh, there, there are coordinators out there that are worthy, um, but I think you're gonna you're gonna go with the floor being maybe John Summerall at Troy or somebody else. Oh, Tom, I keep forgetting about Tom Herman. Is he unicorn? I think he is. Mm. I really do. I really do think he's a unicorn. Um, he may be lower. On the list of the unicorns, Gus, you know, Mullen, it doesn't look like he's interested. Chadwell, trailer at UT San Antonio, and Odom. Am I missing? Oh, Leipold. And I mean, you can go climbing and all these guys. We could keep doing that. Yeah. But uh, I don't see any of those. I don't see those guys leaving. I think you may have a shot at Gus with Arkansas not opening up. And then you put a buyout in of 15 to 20 million. Um, that he can't he can't leave, and you make it higher for Arkansas because John Tyson doesn't care. And if he's right. got about that, may, that means he pays for your next head coach. People do this all the time. Yeah, right. I mean, you heard Billy Bean in Moneyball. Yeah, he would make a deal, and then he'd get a little kicker so that they'd pay for another player later. Happens all the time in business too. If you're smart enough. Um, but John Tyson can pay for your next coach if Arkansas were to steal the Gus bus later. I think that's good. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and we also talked, I asked you, how much does young and hungry matter in the conversation? I think Gus is fine age-wise, and he's hungry. He's a maniac as far as competitiveness. He's fine. Uh, you're getting into the Willie Fritz stuff. Is he phenomenal? Yes. Uh, I just, I don't know, man. 63 makes me a little nervous. I could be sold on it, but it makes me a little nervous. If he makes back-to-back New Year's Six at Tulane, that's... <laughs> yeah, but follow him with his quarterback and without his quarterback. Yeah. As far as win-loss record. But, I mean, I think you could say that about a lot of people. Right. Freeze and Dan and, and Belichick. Yeah, and, and yeah, you know, right? I mean, even Bill Walsh, you know, I know they won it with Steve Young, 
But, well, Seifert was there by then. Anyway, the point is, you got to have a good dude, right? I mean, you got to have a good dude. We are the Out of Bounds Show. Rick's Pro Truck. RPT, Rick's Pro Truck. Hey, I know. I know Josh Hubbard was unbelievable yesterday against uh, Northwestern. We'll talk a little bit about that. Steve Robertson coming up next. Jeanspage.com, the Boneyard Podcast. Happy Thanksgiving. Golden Egg Game, Thursday night. It's uh, National Gus Malzahn Day on the Out of Bounds Show. 105.9 The Zone ESPN. It's driven by your next Ford F-150 at Mack Hike Ford, I-55 North in Jackson. Also, Thanksgiving Beer of the Week, Stella Artois. Pair it with uh, smoked turkey, fried turkey, ham, dressing, Stella, Stella Artois. Great beer. That's a top one percenter right there. We are the Out of Bounds Show, 105.9 The Zone ESPN. And we welcome in Steve Robertson, Boneyard Podcast, jeanspage.com, 247 Sports. Steve joins us on the Farm Bureau Insurance guest line. And Steve, let's talk coaching search first. Um, So I go unicorn, then tier one, tier two. I don't even think you really want to go to tier two. But uh, you definitely, Zach Selman and the team want to stay away from tier three. As far as unicorns, who is on your list? That's a really good question. You know, I I don't know that there's a lot of home run hires out there in this cycle. I mean, of course, you you know, you could probably get somebody movable with enough money. I mean, you know, we all have a price. But, uh, yeah, I think, you know, Gus Malzahn would be in that category. Jamie Chadwell from Liberty, obviously, is in that category. Uh, I, you know, I'm a big fan of J.G. Kenning, to be honest with you. I mean, I think he's a guy, there is some risk reward there, right? I mean, he's only had two years of head coaching and, and each of those at a different spot, but uh, he's electric. And I think in many respects, I think Summon will probably go if he can with the Oklahoma model, right? You go out there, you get the offensive minded coach and that's really kind of what's worked well for state, but I wouldn't rule out Barry Odom either. And, I, and I've had some people tell me that uh, he is really pushing hard. Uh, you know, for the job. Now, if that interest is going to be reciprocated, it remains to be seen. Okay. All right. Well, I'm going to counter what you said. I actually disagree with what the Oklahoma model was. The Oklahoma model was Bob Stoops. He's the big boy, and he was a defensive-minded coach, but he understood offense, and he was smart enough to make one of the game-changing hires in college football in 1999 and hired Mike Leach. Um, I think we're seeing that Lincoln Riley is a fraud. But I think the Oklahoma model is go get someone who can staff and run the program. And I think Barry Odom's a grown-up. He's a chiseled veteran. He was under Gary Pinkle. Uh, He took over at a tough time in Missouri with some uh, political da-da-da-da-da. And Gary Pinkle got sick. Uh, Barry Odom couldn't do anything about that. But, I mean... Damn, Steve, he was able to identify Brennan Marion at Texas and bring him in as offensive coordinator, their top 10 offensive scoring efficiency this year. I think that's that's right. kind of like the Stoops light model. Your thoughts? No, I, I don't disagree. I think those are all good points. And the thing about Odom, too, is, you know, he's uh, he's got a chance to win or to tie the school record for wins in a season at, at UNLV in year one. And the thing you mentioned, too, about Missouri was a weird time. 
You know, but the nucleus of what Drinkwitz is playing with, you know, at least the veterans, you know, some of those guys rode them recruits, but, you know, it's a, it's a bad situation when you get a job before you're ready. And that's kind of one of the things that we've seen, you know, here in Starkville, you know, the last year. But Odom goes to Arkansas uh, as the associate head coach and the defensive coordinator. They had some injuries last year to kind of hurt them on defense. But, you know, Odom did a good job at Arkansas, brought some stability to that program. Then he gets the job at UNLV. Uh, yeah, yeah, could I get behind that? Yeah, but it's going to be about who the offensive coordinator hire is. Sure. He brings this guy with him. I think, you know, that's the thing about defensive-minded coaches, as you kind of mentioned with Coach Stoops. Uh, you remember he had Calvin Wilson, people like that. He had some very innovative minds. So, Mangino, yeah, remember? So what, where sure. Stoops was so brilliant, Steve, and you know this, is he hired Leach, loses him early to Texas Tech, and follows him up with Mangino before going to – I mean – this guy really, really got that they needed to move the ball on the offensive side. So that's why I think you can hire a defensive coordinator. And, you know, here's something else. Steve Robertson, I, Jackie was a defensive-minded coach at Mississippi State. And he won. I know it's a different era. But you know what? Mullen, I know he told you this too. He told me before he ever coached a game one-on-one, he said, he said we're going to win here on defense. He said, yeah, we're going to spread it out, move the ball more than anybody's ever moved it here because that bar's not high. But he said, we're going to win on defense. And so I know offense sells tickets, but defense wins games, Steve Robertson. Absolutely. And Dan did a good job of putting some of his better athletes on defense. I mean, you go back and look at Bernardrick McKinney, who was a high school quarterback. You know, he wasn't going to play quarterback here, but, uh, you know, they kind of profiled him and projected him to be a linebacker and you know, played in the league for several years. I mean, so, yeah, it, it can certainly work. And, of course, with the defensive-minded coach, who the OC is and how they staff that up, it really means everything. But you're right. People come out to see points, but at the end, they want to see wins. Right. Steve Robertson on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. Uh, this interview is brought to you by the amazing burgers at Bulldog Burger in Ridgeland, Startville, and Tupelo. Okay, let's get out of the let's get out of the Malzahn, Odom. You and I have both been told Dan Mullen's not interested. Obviously, anything can happen day to day. But uh, – and I think Chadwell's up there in unicorn level trailer. People don't believe he'll leave Texas. So on. Leipold, climbing. People don't believe they'll leave Lawrence or Manhattan. Um, but you got to see, right? I mean, if you're selling, you got to make, you got to make a bunch of offers. Uh, all right, tier. Let's go to the next tier. Where where do you go? Like John Summerall, Rhett Lashley. Where does Steve Robertson go? Yeah, I like Red a little bit more. I don't know how movable he is with them making the move to the ACC, you know, and they're they're really putting a commitment behind football, and I'm told they'll do whatever they need to to keep him, you know, and SMU's, you know, always been known to be willing to, you know, buy players, coaches, whatever, but uh, uh, but there's a 30 for 30 on that in case you didn't know. But, uh, <laughs> but I, you know, John Sumrall is intriguing, and I've had some people close to him tell me that he's very interested in the job. Of course, he was a linebacker coach for one year at Ole Miss under Matt Luke, and a Kentucky guy, knows the league well. And, again, he's a defensive-minded coach, but, you know, paired with the right offensive coordinator, I think it could work. Okay. So is that the floor? Is that – because I think Sumrall, he's, his reputation is really, really good. Um. And lastly, I agree, poaching him may actually be tougher than poaching Odom and some of the other guys in the unicorn level. Would you say the floor's got to be Summerall, Lashley type guys? 
Yeah, I would think so. And I, and I may like red a little more than you do, but, um, yeah, I think, I, I don't think it gets beyond that. You know, I really don't. I don't think this is going to be some free fall search. And I think the Arkansas job not coming open is good for Mississippi State. Um, you know, we'll see what happens around the country after this weekend. You know, there's some other jobs out there. Like, and, and we didn't mention Willie Fritz. I mean, Willie Fritz is a guy that's, uh, his name's been connected to the search by a lot of different sources. Uh, State hadn't gone all in with him yet, but uh, could be a name to remember down the stretch, too. Mm. I'm torn on that. He's a heck of a football coach. Um, What do you think? Does age, is it a little bit of a red flag, or what do you think? Well, the older I get, the less that matters, you know. In my I'm, mind, with you. Uh, but, uh, I'm with you. I'm with you. I think, you know, I think there's like there's two schools of thought here, right? You can go with the older, more experienced coach. It's going to bring stability. Um, you're probably going to recruit pretty well. Or you go get the young, ambitious coach that says, "Hey, if I go in here and kill it, then I'm going to be an, have an opportunity to go to Florida or go to you know a you know a blue blood program at some point." You hate that somebody kind of approaches your job like a stepping stone, but I would much rather have the ambitious guy. You know, the future Dan Mullen type guy. And that's those guys are difficult to find, obviously. Sure. But, uh, you know, I, could I get behind Fritz? Yes. Do I think it's a sexy hire? No. May, it may be a smart hire. It may ultimately be a good hire. I don't think that wins a press conference for whatever that's worth. Uh, <laughs> but you know, you go out and get a guy like JG Kenny with all the enthusiasm Woo! he has. There's uh, a lot of risk know, there, Steve. There's yeah, yeah it's a t- there's a lot. It's a lot of risk reward there with him. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I see, I see those guys as polar opposites, though. You know what I'm saying? It's like you, you can go one way or the other. There's benefits and detriments to both. Well, if if Barry Odom, will, all right, let, let's just play devil's advocate. Let's let's play this through. Steve Robertson, jeanspage.com. His site's on fire. That's what coaching searches do. Um, I mean, great site anyway. But throw you know lighter fluid on it with this coaching search. Steve joins us on the Farm Bureau Insurance guest line. Okay. If Barry Odom wants the job, let's say you can't. Let's say Gus passes. If Barry Odom wants the job, it's this, you can't overthink this thing, Steve. I mean, you get on the plane and you go, you go to Las Vegas, and you know you may shoot around to craps, and then you you go pick him up and and you roll back. I mean, I don't, I don't think for me it's Barry Odom by a thousand miles over GJ Kenny, even though the young man may be excellent at some point. Where do you stand? Well, I think Odom is a good compromise between the two, if you know what I'm saying. Like, yeah. Okay, yeah it, he's got experience, but he also has proven he's been able to find a good offensive coach, so there's going to be some offensive firepower there. You know, he's not going to be the big rah-rah guy, you know, running around with sweatbands and, you know, uh, you know, have Sony Walkman and things like that, high-fiving people on the sidelines just to be goofy, you know. But, uh, but I think also, too, that his youth, you know, and he is a younger guy than Fritz, I think that helps a little bit, too. And I think also – you know, being a guy that's been that close and maybe you get your dream job first and it doesn't work out, and that can crush some people and motivate some others. And it's clear it's motivated Barry Odom. And so I think that's a higher people. A lot of people could get behind. There's a lot of people like, oh, I don't want that guy because they see the snapshot. They don't look at the whole picture. Right. And you look at what he's done. Uh, yeah, I think I think that could be a good hire for State. And you're right. I mean, you, when you think about the risk-reward thing, it's not just, okay, not just for Mississippi State, but think about Zach Selman. It's the first major hire he's ever had to make. And, you know, if he has aspirations of going back to Oklahoma once Castiglione retires, and I think everybody would assume that's probably the case, you got to nail this hire. 
you can't go out there and get the guy from Wesley College or go hire somebody from, you know, uh, from NAI or something. And, I'm, and that's a lot of rhetoric and hyperbole. But, sure. you know, my point being is you've got to make a good hire that makes sense for everybody. Because if you go out there and you go get this wonderkin type thing and uh, two years later you're having to fire him, not only is it bad for your program, it's bad for your career. Sure. So you've got to make decisions that make sense. Yeah, I just keep going through it. Something that I've tried to tell myself for years. Don't overthink it. Uh, Low-hanging fruit, take it. For some reason, people in life, Steve, walk right past it. It's, uh, it's a weird thing. Steve Robertson, Boneyard Podcast on the Out of Bounds Show. 105.9 The Zone ESPN. So uh, here's what I'm picking up from you. And I've been reading your post on Gene's page. You're... I, and, and you know what, Steve, the, the irony is there's probably a couple of coordinators out there that would be outstanding, but because they're in the mess that they are in between Moorhead being a disaster, Leach passing away, and two interim coaches in 12 months in Arnett and Knox, it's like me, you, and then the fans, nobody can wrap their brain around by God even considering a coordinator. Is that what you're picking up? Yeah, I, I think it had to be the right guy, right? I mean, you know, like Jeff Levy's name has come up. No, thank there's, you. There's a lot that, you know, it, it's tough to put a staff together. And State has – that's the thing. In my mind, the best-case scenario is you go get a sitting head coach that as soon as the press conference is over, uh, all of his assistant coaches' wives are filling out the change of address form and calling realtors, right? right? I mean, that's – and those, because those, because their husbands are on their way to Starkville to recruit players to not go get in the portal, uh, to begin to recruit players to get it, uh, you know, to, out of the portal at, at Mississippi State because you're going to flip this roster. But you you can't just go hire a guy, win the press conference, and then he goes into his office and there's like one dude there with him, right? I mean, there's just too much at stake. The timing of all of this uh, impacts, I think, a list of candidates in some respects. But mm-hmm. I think. You've got to get somebody that can get boots on the ground and get to work immediately. Because if this bowls out, okay, well, we'll put you know, all the respect to these guys. But it's like you, you take all these off-the-field staffers. Oh, we're going to deputize them and get them certified by the NCAA to go recruit. And that's great, but it doesn't mean anything, right? I mean, yeah, we're in the house, but these guys want to know, oh, who's going to be coaching me, right? right? And so I think in Mississippi State's best interest is to go get a coach that can bring a staff with him immediately. All right. Tom Herman, uh, he, 32 and 18, the last, I, I looked it up yesterday, 32 and 18, the last 40 years at Texas is unbelievable outside of Mac Brown's five-year run. They have had coaches go there and not even come close, not even come close, Steve, to throwing up that number post Daryl Royal. Okay. So again, other than Mac Brown's four to five-year window, Texas has been dog you-know-what for a long time. Um, And Sark is trending well this year, but up until this year was not, was not, his trajectory was not exceeding those numbers. How do you feel about Tom Herman as a candidate? Well, it'd be an interesting fit. You know, I think Tom has won. I mean, he did an excellent job in Houston. And, And listen, and let's be honest, Texas got a culture problem. I think everybody knows that. I yeah. mean, there's too, there's too many steps in the kitchen, right? I mean, that's and I think Herman struggled with some of that, right? And it, it wasn't that he didn't win at Texas. He just didn't win enough for them because they felt like, oh, we hired this guy, and he's got this background with Urban Meyer. He's going to come in here, and we're going to be competing for a national championship again. 
And the game has changed. I mean, fans' expectation level has changed. And if you can't turn and burn, you're going to be on the hot seat immediately. That's just how things work. And I think that's kind of what happened at, uh, at Texas with, with Tom is the fact that, yeah, he won some games. And, and, and listen, is he a guy that's a little bit brash? You better believe it. I mean, you know, what he did in the final moments of that bowl game against Missouri, you know, kind of making fun of Drew Locke. I mean, I didn't go over with some people. But, yeah, I've heard his name connected with it. I don't, I don't know that uh, – you know, he's the guy that maybe that stays prioritizing. I mean, just based on the traffic, right? I mean, you you talk to people and say, yeah, he was contacted by the search firm, and I understand he's had a talk with Mississippi State officials. There hadn't been a lot of that. There was, I understand it was probably like a uh, a gauging interest type thing as they build the pool of candidates, but I hadn't heard a lot about him in the last couple of days that would make me think he's a, a priority. Mm, I I tell you what, I'd go Tom Herman way before I'd go GJ Kenny. I mean, that, on, a, on, a, all right, on a risk, one to 10 risk, G.J. Kenny's a nine. That, again, he may be unbelievable, Steve, but it's, you know, he took everybody from Incarnate Word and took him over to Texas State, and it worked 53 transfers and more power to him. Uh, Tom Herman's been in the battles. And to me, Tom Herman, everybody's going to have, even Gus would have risk. But, Gus's risk is a three. I think Herman's risk is a five. I think Odom's risk is a four or five. Man, I think G.J. Kenny's risk is a nine. Shoot holes in where I'm going. I can't. I, I'm not, I think I agree with pretty much everything you just said there as far as the risk factor. And, and again, that's one of the reasons that I think he'd be hesitant to hire a guy like J.J. Kenny. I, he's intriguing to me, but it's not my job a lot, right? I mean, sure. yeah, I, I want to go out there and put all these numbers up, but um, – but Zach Selman's got to do what's best for Mississippi State football. And I think by doing so, that in turn is what's best for Zach Selman, right? And so that's why one of the reasons I think he would really struggle to go hire the up-and-comer. I think you've got to go get some guys or go get a coach that knows how to run the show. And that's what State has really struggled with in the past 12 months is you've had people kind of learning on the fly. And, uh, and it's not just the coaching aspect, though, because, you know, most of the assistants, at least on the defensive side, stayed. But, you know, just about all of Leach's off-the-field staff left. So, you know, Arnett had to go back and staff all that. And, and, you know, you can make your own determinations on how you feel about that. But you need somebody that, hey, kind of handled it like Leach in that respect. You know, Leach signs a contract, and then, like, three of his staffers are on the next plane out. You know, and I think that's a situation that State needs. And it's kind of going back to what we talked about before. You've got to be able to hit the ground running rather than say, okay, well, who am I going to hire? You know, you've got to have people in place immediately about the business of Mississippi State as soon as that press conference is over. All right, let's switch gears. Mississippi State is a two-touchdown underdog, and they should be, against Ole Miss at home Thursday night in the battle for the Golden Egg. How do they keep this close? Well, I think, number one, you've got to play defense. You know, and that's, the big concern for me is just, you know, matching up with those Ole Miss wide receivers. I mean, you know, this is – you know, the, the safeties at State have been putrid at times this year, and other times they've been decent. But, you know, Lane's going to scheme it up and try to get his best receivers paired up with a safety. I don't know how well State can handle that. that that's, to me, that's the biggest mismatch in the, in the matchup total between yes. the two teams is Ole Miss's receivers against State secondary. Uh, I think what State has to do, number one, is you got to get stops and you got to get Ole Miss off schedule. I think you've got to be able to – you're not going to stop the run, but you've got to be able to get some wins there and uh, neutralize the run a little bit. The state's got to score. I mean, you know, you go back and look at last year, and I know, listen, there was so much going on with Mississippi State and 
Uh, you're on the road last year, and Will Rogers didn't play well. And, uh, you know, there's a couple plays you look at and say if they had gone on Miss's way, the scheme's a blowout the other way. And then you say, you know what, you, know, you had the Rogers fumble and you had, uh, you know, potentially a pick six earlier that got dropped. I mean, they, this is how these games go. They're crazy. But in order, in order for State to keep this game, you're probably going to have to have a non-offensive touchdown, whether that be a punt return, a kick return. Uh, State's going to need some help in all three phases of the game. Ole Miss is a better football team. I mean, I, I, anybody that says otherwise just being disingenuous. And, and I'm not just talking about the record, but just with the eye test. You I mean just kind of how they watch, uh, they operate out there. That they're, they're the better football team, but you know the better team doesn't always win the egg ball. You know, you go back to 2007 and 2013. I mean, you know, there's there's no way that State should have won those games, and they did. And you go back and look. And what was State almost a three-touchdown favorite in 2017? And of course, Nick Fitzgerald gets hurt, and we've got our own thoughts about that. But you know, these games are unpredictable. And uh, there's a lot of times, too, where the team that doesn't have as much to play for comes out and plays loose. And that's one thing Rocky Felker told me years ago. You know, the team that avoids the big mistake early typically wins the game. You know, it's because the game is so highly competitive and highly contested. You know, the first team to settle in and kind of find themselves usually work this pretty well. And Ole Miss has done such a great job scheming things up on that first drive of the year. And if memory serves me correct, State's allowed a touchdown five consecutive games on the first drive of the year by the opposing offense. So you got to look up here before everybody's popcorn's even ready to go and, and you're going to be down 7 nothing. And so what do you do? You start chasing the game or are you able to calm down? I think that's uh, those are all big factors. All right, Steve Robertson. This interview brought to you by Bulldog Burger in Ridgeland, Startville, and Tupelo. Amazing burgers, appetizers, great selection of craft beer. Let's go to basketball, Steve. Um, Josh Hubbard. How about my guy, Josh Hubbard? 29 points. How about Jans getting a Pac-12 and Big Ten win without Tolu and Murphy and what this team is. And, and Josh actually carried them through a chunk of that game when no one no one else was playing well for Mississippi State. I think everything you said is on the money because early on, yes, West State get down 11-3 to three in that ball game. I think they loved trail by as many as a dozen. And it really felt like, you know what, this thing is going to get away. And, and Jan just didn't let that happen. And Josh Hubbard hit some big shots just to kind of keep State close. And it was amazing what happened when State stopped turning the basketball over. And give Northwestern's defense some, you know, some credit because early on I think they, they caused some havoc. But uh, Jans kept them level, and Josh Hubbard kept a minute, and then the team caught up and won. But, you know, I, I think State has already made it through their most difficult stretch of the non-conference. I mean, you, that, and I think that's huge to go up there and win. But, you know, the reality of it is, is as you say, your best player isn't even playing, and you look up and you're 5-0. and you know, and, and, and it isn't like you've just played, uh, you know, Wesley College and Mississippi School of Math and Science. I mean, you know, you, yeah, some of these Power 5 teams we played are middle of the pack uh, in their own conference. But any time that you go on a neutral floor and you beat a Power 5 opponent uh, is a big deal in any sport. And so, yeah, stayed off to a great start. And, uh, you know, the women went yesterday, too, on the road against a team in, from Belmont that they expect to be in the tournament. But I think there's reason to be excited on both sides of the of the basketball side, and I think Mississippi State on the men's side is going to really, really cause some trouble in the SEC. His site is on fire, jeanspage.com, 247 Sports. Updates left and right on the coaching search and many other things. Thanks, Steve. Appreciate it. See you. He joined us on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. Bundle your car and home and save with your local Farm Bureau insurance agent. Favorites.com. Hit it right now and save.
just in time for the holidays. F-A-V-E. Favorites.com. Tom Luganbill will join us at 930, National College Football Analyst with ESPN. Lugs will hang out with us. We'll go through Rivalry Week. I may even put him on the spot with some more coaches. Why not? Tom Luganbill at 930, right here on the Out of Bounds Show. Good morning. Welcome in. Happy Thanksgiving to you and your family.